Each week, nearly a dozen movies are released theatrically. 40 films a month, more than 400 a year. That's a plethora of cinema. Too much cinema. You'd have to be an addict to see all that. But don't fret. We've got you covered. This is Cinematics. Welcome to Cinematics, episode 182, so we think. Uh, I am Anderson. I blather about films here and there. That's Greg Strzavosti. He's a... uh, Top Critics' Choice Award Manny guy. Uh, there's Eric Holmes. He's an editor and a, uh, a lover of all things Gremlins. And there's Bruce Perky, who knows how to break down a film like pretty much no one else that I know. He's very, very good at it. And we're going to be. Uh, yeah, he no. breaks him down. Right? He's a butcher. Of that films. was my description. That was. That's not. That was not. That's He's a butcher. He breaks him down like like Gordon Ramsay breaks down a, a, a hen. Like he, he gets that that film. He plucks it and he, he puts it. Breaks it into quarters and they'll let you know what's up with it. I love it. That's my description. Bruce is the one who's a sellout who gives everything four stars. Anderson, do you know what? Which what's the Bruce? You want to chime in on that? Uh, we this this week I will break that record. I will break. I will not be all four stars this week. We'll see. We're confusing episodes and co-hosts apparently uh, at this point. Uh, it was a big discussion. We had a, a good ten minute discussion trying to figure out if it was one eighty one or one eighty two before the the show began. Uh, you guys missed all that because I don't think we were recording. But hey, here we are. We're going to be talking about the third week of March 2022. Uh, what's uh, worthy of your attention? These guys, I'm assuming, if it's like any other week, have seen way too many films. Uh, Bruce, I can't believe your, your your wife allows this. Mine does not. I, I have a strict four film um, limit that I'm allowed to uh, crank out each week. Uh, it looks like uh, you're you're beating me with that by by quite a margin. But uh, I, I want to also just let you know that I have been listening. Greg already knows this because I buttered his butt uh, earlier. I, I was going to say balls, but we're a clean show. <laughs> clean show, and, family show. Uh, you are Cinematics has uh, become my go-to favorite podcast, which sounds weird because I am somewhat you know involved in it still. But the episodes that I'm not involved in, I listen to um, uh, with glee, uh, and uh, I learn so much every single week from what you guys uh, bring to the to the table. So I really appreciate that, and thank you very much for doing such good work and helping the listeners, including me, uh, find these movies. Thank you, Anderson. For you, you're the creator of the show, and no matter what happens, you're always going to be part of the program. You're a co-founder, unlike uh, Eric Holmes, who you do nothing for us. Eric Holmes, what do you think about that? I was, I wanted to latch it. Eric, you have anything to say? No, I agree. Hundred <laughs> percent. How do you nailed it? How do you? You could you 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 need to disagree because what what you just Anderson and I I just we have Mel Brooks fatigue from our recent Patreon. We're talking about Mel Brooks and Tony Curtis, but what have you been doing, Eric Holmes? I just got done with the interview with uh, Quentin Depew or Quentin Depew, uh, director of Rubber, and he's got a new movie coming out called Smoking Causes Coughing. And I believe we'll be covering that next week, along with uh, releasing the interview. Turned out pretty good, I think. Um, Was he nice? Yeah. Nice, nice guy. Oh yeah, it, it, it's weird because like his movies are so kind of uh, strange, you know, strange and arty. So you figure he'd be kind of up his own ass, but he's not. He's he's pretty laid back, dude. He's got a good sense of humor. Yeah, definitely. You see. I'm- uh Deerskin? No, I haven't. Uh, oh, last so three of his I saw was uh, was it Mandibles? Mandibles. Uh, I can't remember the one after that. And then Smoking Incredible but True. Yeah, there you go. I, I yeah. first learned of Quanton Depew from Anderson Cowan. Anderson, have, you've always been a fan of his st- stuff, right? Am I wrong with this? Or Yeah, I mean, I was first obviously drawn to his uh, rubber because it's a movie about a uh, <laughs> disembodied uh, tire that uh, just kind of rolls across the desert. And not only was that fascinating to me, but also the fact that he uh 
he shot it all on a Canon 5D at the time, which was unheard of. It was a DSLR, uh, very uh, accessible camera to the, the the public. It didn't cost a whole lot, and he shot an entire feature narrative on that. So uh, I was uh, excited to see what he did. I also watched his wrong, uh, as well as non-film. Uh, he's out there. He He's definitely uh, surrealistic. It's not even the right word. I guess it's just uh, he's alt. He's definitely alternative. He's very funny. Really, I think we've all loved his film. So really, Deer Skin is, I think, my favorite of his. Okay, yeah. It's about a man who's just obsessed with a deer skin jacket and will stop at nothing to, to get it back. And there's murder and mayhem and a child does not do so well. It's very, very funny. Very funny. The, the next one he's got coming out, Um, I don't know if it's going to be later this year or early next year, but it's about Salvador Dali, which I I, I think is uh, right up his alley. So, so maybe surrealistic is, is uh, appropriate. Some of his stuff yeah. surrealistic, for sure. And some of it, not so much. But the opening of Rubber is something to behold, though. Do you recall the opening of Rubber with the cars and the stunts and the guy that gets out of the car and comes up and d- addresses the camera, breaks the fourth wall? Uh, the only thing I remember about Rubber is the tire goes up, starts shaking, and people's heads explode. And then yeah. at the end, it kind of, well, not to spoil it, but <laughs> I don't know how you can spoil it. The opening, though. At the guys, end, the it kind of uh, great becomes almost a making of rubber sort of it like kind of steps back and you see kind of the making of it wasn't it, it didn't quite hold its own for the full 90 minutes or whatever it was there was definitely some some fat there that could have been trimmed but you know it was experimental filmmaking at the very least but the the opening sequence i think was one of the problems because it was so good and you you expect this wild ride and then there's just a lot of the uh it's almost like jerry at times uh with just wandering through the desert it's like all right where are we going guys anderson i just wanted i should have mentioned this for our patreon by the way on patreon anderson and i we cover the producers and the boston strangler the boston stranglers with tony curtis the producers is produced and directed by mel brooks starring gene wilder and zero mostel bruce perky zero mostel gene wilder the producers iconic film for you uh i think it used to be more iconic for me but i think the last time i saw it i, I liked it but i didn't love it the way i did I know, when i was like 30 years ago <laughs> i know what you're doing greg i know what you're doing What's the, mm, greg what? What, what what am i doing what am i Greg's doing? Trying, trying to get to you guys to in. gain up he, he's trying to get you guys to gang up against me because i just went on a, a tangent on the patreon as, as I, to why mel brooks is not my comedic friend I mean, I can see that he's such a, I mean, he's such a style of comedy, either like it or you don't. And I'm kind of half and half on him too. I think that the goofiness overpowers the goodness a lot of the times. And I probably like the opening 20 minutes of that movie a lot, but the rest of it, it's like, yeah, it's okay. I'm the opposite. I know he only uh, produced it, but I thought Elephant Man was pretty hilarious. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty funny. <laughs> Guy's head was so misshapen. <laughs> oh my God. Every time I'm down the in the dumps, I, just, I have a picture in my garage of the Elephant Man. And I just go out and it just cheers me up. I just stare at him and laugh. <laughs> that's, that's something else, Anderson. Family show. That was very, very fun. By the way, uh, Elephant Man, first time we covered that, I think about a year and a half ago on Patreon. That is our latest Patreon episode, The Producers. And the Boston Strangler next up, Anderson. We're covering what year are we covering for Patreon? Nine, uh, 1975. We're covering 1975 for the following month on Patreon. Are you a Tony Curtis fan, Eric Holmes? Uh, yes. Yes? Sure. Some like it hot. Come on, give me some more. What else? The Defiant uh, what, Ones. Greg. What was what was the one? The C- Sweet Smell of Success? Excellent. I love Sweet Smell yes. of Success. We love that. Yeah, Tony Curtis. I, I, I wanted to say Secret of My Success, but that was the Michael J. Fox Michael one. Michael J. Fox but, one. Yeah, very, yeah, very good. Different movie. movie. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, if you want to see a really great underrated Tony Curtis performance, check out check out the Boston Strangler. Then check out our, our work on Patreon. Speaking of checking out, Anderson it's a great Mar- it's a great Robert Fleischer uh, performance as a director. Really, <laughs> yeah, a- yes, I I can't. Your red hoodie it, it, it's scaring me. 
Anderson. Do you know why? It's very cold think, in my garage, Greg. Oh, oh, really, Bruce? Do you? I think Bruce knows why the red hoodie scaring me. Why is the red hoodie scaring me, Bruce? Uh, well, you've seen Don't Look Now. I'm sure that's part of it. But just think of him as like Elliot. He's Elliot instead or <laughs> okay, something. Okay, thank you, Bruce. That That is a poll. Speaking of polls, Anderson, Don't Look Now, directed by Nicholas Rogue. Red Hoodie, if you ever see, I've not, never seen that movie. Oh, I was thinking Don't Look Up. Don't <laughs> you guys know. <laughs> no, no. That's why I was no, saying no, no, I don't look piece. up. <laughs> <laughs> don't look, look now. Speaking of looking up, last month, Anderson, uh, catch up with us. What are some of the movies that you are passionate about that we should check out? Oh, I mean, you got you got you got to drop the passionate about. Uh, if I'm talking about <laughs> new movies, oh, because okay. uh, uh, Champions and Shazam are the only two new movies that I've seen uh, recently, and I, oh. I can't I can't uh, scream at anyone to go see either one of those. However, Champions, I'm very excited that it's uh, that it got released and then it's out there, and that somebody else is doing what I'm trying to do uh, with my next project, which is actually get some mentally challenged actors uh, playing mentally challenged uh, characters, which. Uh, you, you haven't really seen a whole lot of up to this point. And that whole basketball team that uh, Bob Farley put together uh, for champions uh, was very, very entertaining. And they're all very strong actors and very funny. So I, I, I liked champions for that reason. Uh, other than that, it was very formulaic and more of a rom-com than anything else. And actually he, he even, I didn't realize this until it just occurred to me a couple of days ago. He's completely stole the formula from the mighty ducks. Cause uh, Gordon Bombay, as you might remember, uh, got court ordered to be the coach of the mighty ducks for drunk driving infraction. And the same exact thing happens with Woody Harrelson's character in champions. He uh, gets, he, he actually drunkenly plows into the back of a cop car and then gets community service, which uh, has him t- um, coaching a, a, a special Olympics basketball team, but I'm not passionate about that. Uh, and then Shazam, you we can all miss that. Uh, except for the third act is really fun and a whole lot, a lot of goodness, but it takes a while to get there. And it's just a very middling movie up until and, that point and it's doing really bad at the box office you can understand why anderson i mean i i don't know if there's a whole lot of clamoring for the next shazam it's been since 2019 i guess seems even longer ago than that uh and yeah i don't I, maybe maybe we're finally seeing some superhero fatigue there's a lot of capes in this movie a whole lot of capes and i was sitting there in the theater going what am i doing with my life why am i doing this why am i watching this movie i i feel like there's better things that i could be doing for the shows and uh with my life so until the third act i mean there's some really cool creatures in the third act really cool i do want to bring up something you brought up on film vault this week though uh you're working on a documentary you were talking a little bit about that oh uh, which one because uh the oh, can't la lucha? the name la lucha I, yeah that one yeah la lucha is uh screening at uh various festivals it's doing really well it's a movie i produced i'm actually producing a podcast for it now which i got i should get off this show and go back to that because i'm missing my deadlines but yeah uh lelucha is a, a very for lack of a better term it's like an important documentary about the state of our education system and uh, school opportunities and uh alt learning and uh we i, I worked uh, on that for the last three years with uh ran courtney who is the director and producer and it's uh doing really really well at the festivals as you might imagine because it's a well-made movie about an important subject matter uh it's 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 an interesting story how it came about uh rand just real quick and then we'll we'll move on but rand was tasked with um making a short little industrial video for a particular company uh that's in education and uh he was following around a couple of their students and he was pretty much done with his little 15 20 minute mini documentary when uh he got a phone call that one of those two students was murdered and 
I think I was one of the very first calls that he made when he learned that. And he said, Hey, this is a tragedy that just happened. And uh, it's no longer a 15, 20 minute little thing anymore. It's a whole different story now. Uh, and I want you to produce it with me. And we have been ever since. And that was 20, October, 2019. And we ended up um, putting together a full feature, shooting tons and tons of more stuff. Uh, Mike and I t- shot a whole bunch more stuff, a whole bunch more interviews and uh, source stuff. And yeah, it's, it tells a really compelling, tragic, important story, I think. So it's called La Lucha, La Lucha. Wow, that's not good. available. Not available anywhere yet. It's just out on the on the uh, festival circuit. But uh, he's got a sales rep, and it should be distributed. I would imagine by the end of the year. That's amazing. Congrats, uh, Anderson. Do you, so you're going to be doing more documentaries down the road as well as La Lucha. What's got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been I've been working on my own, uh, getting my own uh, up and running. I've been doing pre production on that for better part of two years now. And time flies, man. Especially when you're old, huh, guys? But yeah. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start the uh, the fundraising for that documentary as early as next week, I think. So you'll be hearing about that as well. And I'm hooked up with a 501c3, so uh, anyone who does contribute to this project will be able to use it as a tax write off. So that's exciting. And guys, just want to say, Anderson was saying that if you can, when when he's pr- promoting his feature and his documentary, if you can c- come on the show to talk about it, and I go. Anderson, since you're pretty much the heart of cinematics and Stop the creator. It. Okay, I'm getting uncomfortable. The, an- the answer is no. <laughs> is that okay? <laughs> you're, okay. <laughs> you're, you're not you allowed. Say, I, you all say, well, I have, I have the, the, the access code, so I can just... Uh, <laughs> Shut it down. Plants. Yeah. <laughs> good good point. Yes. Good job, Anderson. Uh, anything, any other movies before we get to our features? Anything else you want to talk about before we get to our, our the boring movies that we're covering this week? Oh, my gosh. Anderson, you can actually... I, I Sleep a couple on, yes. movies from last year that I want to uh, chastise you guys about, or at least uh, Bruce uh, about one and all of you about the <laughs> other is uh, first bones and all. How have you guys not covered bones and all, which this is a very cinematics, very Bruce and Eric movie. It's it, it, the, the title hits too close to home because bones and all, it sounds like a birthday party that me and Bruce would attend. We're so old, both of us. So it's very <laughs> oh, I, thought gonna, I thought you were going with the homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> it's too close to home. Anderson. I mm-hmm. hear the movies middling. I hear the movies. Not so good. That's that's mm. also another. Yeah. So I'm actually, it's not too good for a me. Vampire movie. Or did I hear cannibal that cannibal movie? Oh, yeah. It's a more cannibal, cannibal vampire movie. cannibal love story. Yeah. It, I think that you guys would probably dig it and it gets really dark by the end. It's from a guy that, uh, Direct a big splash and uh, call me by your Luca. I mean, call me by your name. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's uh, he's a he's particular type of director. I don't know what the point of, of this movie is, but uh, I I can see you guys really loving it. And there's some really good stuff. Timothy Chalamet is just he's a, he's a he's a treasure. He's a, as much as I don't think I could ever hang out with that guy, and I, I would absolutely hate him as a human being. He is a great actor. He chews the scenery, as Greg says. We see you drinking, Greg. Don't do it away from the microphone. We all see Mark, it. Mark, <laughs> Mark, yeah, Mark Rylance, you're one of your favorite actors, right, Anderson? You got from Rylance was not doing it for me in this movie, but by the end, I can't stop thinking about his performance. It's one of the creepier performances I've seen in a long time. Okay, yeah. Okay, so bones, bones and all. And all underrated film then at least i think i think so yeah for the type of people that would he did you know it's the guy that redid suspiria which you guys like as well yeah okay it's got similar vibes then finally can we just talk babylon for a second here yes please (laughs) here we go (laughs) so i heard your uh your 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 misgivings about babylon and eric thanks for being the uh the smart um conversationalist (laughs) in that here comes the reverse of what happened earlier along with babylon and don't look up. I'm very ahead of the curve on these things. What is this? Don't look up. Can you can you educate me? It's about a uh, it's about a, a meteor that crashes Earth, and we totally deserve it. 
pretty yeah. good. I thought it was one of the underrated films last year. I was right. Got nominated for Best Picture. I was, I was championing Don't Look Up. Nope. I think You're Bruce thinking was... of Armageddon. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Babylon. So I, I heard your reasons for not liking it. You kind of leaned into the uh, lack of character arcs and characters uh, as themselves. And I'll give you this. like The, the lead character uh, lacked all and any pizzazz uh, and uh, the it factor. He just didn't have it for me anyways. And, uh, you, you know, he was the straw that stirred the drink. And he, I think that that character could have been more dynamic for sure. Uh, but I do think there were a few arcs. There were definitely the archetypes that you suggested, but I think that's okay for a movie like this because I think that Babylon, what it was shooting for was to illustrate a, a period of time or, or Hollywood as a whole by the time the thing was over. And that was the real character. And there's an absolute arc within that illustration which was where hollywood began what it went through with this with with the onset of sound and kind of up to where it is today and that was the main character arc if you you know you hear that that douchey thing where it's like the new york that the backdrop is the character in this movie (laughs) hollywood was the character hollywood was the main character and there's an absolutely large overreaching arc Uh, not even overreaching but an arc there Maybe in the first hour, I would, I would give you that in the first hour. Like I would say the most interesting part of the whole movie is the, the film shoot, like extended sequence. That's like about, I don't know, 30 minutes of the first hour, maybe 45 minutes of it. That Where they're all shooting is, right next to each other. Yeah. They're shooting next to silent. each other and, and uh, you know, the, the extras are dying and they're like letting them die and all this yeah. craziness is happening. And, and this is all based on reality. This is all based on actual factual yeah. things that happen in Hollywood. They but condense think, them all and they make composite characters, obviously yeah. to get, but that I mean, was about was, it though. That was about it. Like that, what that about, was the, the rest of the story was like, so singing in the rain, boogie nights with a little bit of irreversible thrown in. And that's this movie. But yeah, no, the other hour was, was, well, <laughs> it was yeah. trash. Hour two was trash. Oh, Hour okay. three was really trash. Yeah, like the Toby Maguire sex dungeon. That's cool. <laughs> the sex dungeon thing. That was like a total. Well, I mean, that was another movie, but it wasn't had really had no bearing in this movie. Other than the show, like it starts to show like now all of the decadence has gone underground, you know, Babylon. Yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. I wish you appreciated the movie like me and Eric and Anderson. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> didn't not. see it. Greg, you saw it. No, no, I didn't, but I'm just trying to be. What in the know, world, Greg? Being, you don't, you don't have to see it because I can Proud give you a rating. I can give you a rating for it right now. Well, what's, can you give me the rating for Babylon? What's four stars. Yep. Yeah, it'll be four stars. Four stars. So Babylon, by the way, before we get to features, what is your, I mean, I know you're not a big fan of ratings, Anderson. What would you give Babylon as far as a rating goes? Four and a half stars. Four and a half stars. Okay, very cool. The, the the scene where they're actually using sound it was all the same characters that we know we we recognize from earlier uh, scenes in the movie where they're working having the time of their lives doing these silent pictures and then they have to contend with sound hit such a chord with me and was so spot on and I've been on sets where that kind of thing is happening today it hasn't changed that much but to watch these guys have to deal with it for the first time uh, was just it was maybe my favorite scene. Um, next to the pool scene in Weird from last year. I just love those two scenes so much, so much. Wow. Okay, so Babylon, that's a movie to watch. Apologies, Bruce Perky, for not defending you amidst this uh, this uh, Babylon. But Bruce, discussion. you're not alone. You're not no. alone. A lot of people. And I think it's the tone thing, right? I mean, if you're into the tone of that movie, because it's a very loud, very brash, very, very kind of broadly comedic in a lot of ways. And for me, yes. kind of like you talked about with Mel Brooks, right? Um, if I was just not feeling the vibe of it at all. And if so, three hours of that vibe was 
like no, I totally get it. Torture. If if, yeah, if you're <laughs> so, not feeling it. It was the first time I saw the trailer for Cocaine Bear, and I was like, okay, well, that's that was a really good laugh, and I was really entertained. I was dreading Babylon, and I'm like, now here we go, three hours of you know just Damien Chazelle being serious and, and trying to get a message across, probably at some point or another. And I couldn't believe that like, I was laughing throughout. There are scenes that didn't really do much for me, like the snake scene. I don't think yeah. that had to be in there. I don't, I'm not really sure what the point of, but maybe I'd appreciate it more when I see it a second time, if I ever have a chance to. And it was pretty good though. Like, like, like even when uh, La La Land came out and I was like, but then I went and saw it with my sister and I thought La La, La La Land was pretty great. Yeah. For what it is, it is really, even though a lot of people just say that he's straight up stole from the umbrellas of Shoreberg or whatever. Right. But, uh, yeah, which no, I still haven't seen. Oh, you, you're going to love it. You're going to love that. But the, 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 oh the, the score, Torture. the score as well, Bruce. I mean, I, I heard you say you didn't like the score. I, I absolutely love the score. I, so if you, the score. If, I think if you love the score, you're going to, uh, that'll go a long way for a movie. But like this I well. am in the minority. I think on that too. I've, I, people love the score. Even people I've heard say they didn't like the movie so much, love the score. So I, I'm just, I wake it, up to it, it every just, morning. Yeah. It just didn't hit me. It's my it alarm. It didn't hit me at all. I think my new score is going to be, well, from something we're going to talk about this week, but we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. I I know you love the score from Supercell, Bruce Perky. We're going to cover a movie <laughs> so this week. I love it. <laughs> from IFC Films. By the way, you should see Supercell Anderson. We covered it last week on our on our show, on our on our cinematic, cinematics program. I'm kidding about Supercell. Actually, me and Eric liked it. Bruce, not so much. A movie that Bruce and I did see, though, is a movie, Anderson. And Eric, you might you guys might find some value in this. It's directed by Stephen Frears. It's co-written by Steve Coogan from those My Trip to Italy things, those The Trip movies. The movie's called The Lost King, and it's a factual story based on amateur historian philippa langley and philippa langley is played by sally hawkins it's a true story of how philippa langley was part spearheaded the search for the remains of king richard iii that is the premise true story on the lost king if you're a fan of sally hawkins if you're a fan of coogan coogan plays the estranged husband of philippa in the film and it's it's a very engaging fun movie i was my only complaint is this is we live in an age where everything is on digital and on demand. I would kind of prefer The Lost King if it was available on Friday on digital and and on demand. Unfortunately, it's only going to be in theaters March 24th. I am recommending this movie for a digital and on deeming on demand streaming kind of situation. I I think that's a horrible thing to say, but I like the movie. I don't know, Bruce, is The Lost King worth the money to be spent? in theaters or am i just being really bad when it comes to recommending this movie because people should go in theaters in general you know so no i i think i'm right with you i think this is a great digital on-demand movie this is this is like okay a mom or dad movie this is an easy sell because it's 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 kind of light it's but it has enough interest to keep going i think there's some things that work really well we didn't kind of mention but the whole idea of you know uh richard the third right he's the from Shakespeare, especially kind of derided as the, the twisted murderous King, you know, all this stuff. And, and there's this whole society apparently that, that thinks he was wronged and they wanted to, to prove that he really wasn't that he was really a great leader and so on and so forth. And his body's never been found. Like they don't know. It's supposedly it was thrown off a bridge and, and lost. Some people say it's buried and she kind of goes on this, what, what do you call it? A one person mission to try to find his body. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean that alone is makes it a pretty uh, a fun lightweight kind of a mystery slash not really who done it exactly but right like more of a adventure adventure to investigate and to find it and to work with the all the powers that be to try to get them to actually listen to her as a person who's not just some crackpot. I guess that's kind of the overall thrust of the movie. Uh, there is, is this kind of 
was sorry that- to interrupt. Is it uh, kind of suggesting that we need to listen to women more often? They're usually thrust aside. Their opinions don't matter type message. Uh, I mean, you could play it that way, but I don't think it more plays as like um, the people who write the history and have the positions of like power as far as like, uh, you know, academics get all the respect and whatever they say kind of goes. And if you're just kind of a person that kind of think you're figuring it out on your own, you're to be discredited, which in this day and age is probably good because a lot of people think they have theories about things that are total crap bots. But in this case, of course, it proves out that she's actually got something that maybe is real here. And she's, you know, searching all the history and all the maps and all the stuff to try to figure out where in the modern world the ancient uh, church was. Where he was buried. One thing I didn't like in this movie, which your mom and dad might love, is this whole thing about this kind of spectral version of Richard III kind of appearing and talking to her from time to time. They didn't need that. No, <laughs> that they stuff did not didn't work that. for me at all. You know why they I, didn't need that, Bruce? Because Sally Hawkins is yes. has the power of 10 actors or actresses in a, yeah. in a single frame. Yeah, this lives and dies on the likability of Sally Hawkins, which I like her quite a bit in most yes, roles. Even roles I don't... Even when the movie doesn't shine, usually she's extremely likable and and fun to follow so i think it's one of those kind of movies if you like her if it seems interesting to you you're probably going to enjoy it quite a bit it's more vibrant and fun than like the dig which i guess you compare it to that movie it's not quite as serious and heavy as that movie whereas this movie is is much more light i think it's a good rental yeah what is your rating on the lost king again available in theaters this friday March I liked it more than I thought I would. I thought this would be a total slog. So I'll, I'll go three and a half. For yeah. me, it's about a three and a half. I agree with you, Bruce. Three and a half stars for me and Bruce for The Lost King. Again, look, I'm just saying don't see it in theaters. It's raining right, right, right now. I, I don't like to go out, go out of the house. I think this is definitely worth an on-digital uh, digital or on-demand purchase for The Lost King. Thank that's you, a perfect Eric. three-star movie, Greg. When you yeah. say you don't want to get off the couch, <laughs> but it's worth watching, that's three stars. Yeah, Eric, can we cut off Ed Anderson's comments? Those are very, very damaging to my reputation, Eric Holmes. Or, or does uh, should I not cut those those comments? What do you think, Eric? Yeah, I think they're quite timely given the uh, the temperature of the room. I'm going to cut your comments too. I'm cutting your comments too, Eric Holmes. Thank you for the tyrant over here. You, you know what, Eric? You are one of the worst ones. Can you talk about the worst ones? You worst human beings with Bruce. You and Bruce, Eric. What is what is the worst ones? What can can should Anderson and I go go on a date together and see the worst ones, which is in limited release March 24th? Uh, absolutely. Um, this one's. This one kind of uh, plays like it's a documentary. The idea is that this uh, film uh, film team comes in this town and they uh, pick some of the local kids to star in this movie that they're making. It plays like a behind the scenes of that. And as the movie goes, you come to find out that you're not watching a documentary. It's a mockumentary, I guess. A lot of the themes in this are about child exploitation and just filmmaking in general. And so I think making you think it's a documentary and then slowly revealing that it's a narrative. Uh, I don't know how you would put it. Bruce, help me out here. It, it kind of makes you, uh, the audience like, oh, we're, 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 we're being complacent in this. We're watching this thing. We're watching children being. Uh, oh, what if this was real? Like what kind of a person am I? Yeah. Like yeah, that? Are, are, are we watching a documentary of kids being exploited? And then even even the filmmakers when i when i interviewed the uh, directors uh i even asked them about this like how do you make a movie about exploiting children and not fall for that same stuff yourself 
And yeah. this kind of kind of plays with the meta that really well. Well, and I would add to it. So, so me, I kept thinking of, um, I kept thought of two things. First, it starts out just kind of snaps into these interviews where they're basically interviewing slash auditioning these street kids, right? They want to find kids for these roles. You don't know at the time they're just talking to them. It's almost like the beginning of Climax, if you've seen that movie, where you're just talking to these people. You don't know who they are. They seem to be like tough, tough urban street kids of various ages, and then you pop in and you discover they're making this movie. And I kept thinking of, this is almost like if you saw Larry Clark's Kids or one of those kind of movies, but you're watching a movie about the making of one of those movies and kind of dealing with the idea of, you know, how far is too far with some of these scenes? And like, what are they actually trying to get out of these kids? And like, they, of course, they sell themselves as like, we're here for your community. You know, we're here to bring some vitality here and to, to show a, shine a light on your community and all this kind of stuff. But then they have this weird scene where uh, there's this extended scene where he's trying to get these two actors, quote, actors, to have this sex scene and how he's selling it to him and how he's talking about his own sex life and how that was, you know, such an impactful moment in his life. And he wants to recreate it here and just little things like that. And it goes, it's a lot of different scenes where they play with the morality of it. Um, and it's it's pretty interesting movie, I think. It sounds like it's a wolf in wolf's clothing. Uh, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> From what I'm hearing, like they actually are doing these things, right? You're trying to yeah, and just out in the open, though. But like we're trying to shine a light, but we're actually doing what we're shining a light on. Which, yeah, well, that that that's the line you're walking when when doing something like this. It's like, uh, hey, we're gonna we're gonna expose this uh, problem, but how do you like, do that? Yeah, without without, without doing it yourself. Like how because if you make the problem sure is exposure, falling, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. How, how how do you how do you make sure that you're not falling under the same traps that your characters are falling under? It sounds interesting. Does it is it uncomfortable? Uh, it can be at times, and it's funny and charming at other times. A lot of it is the main characters. I uh, don't have their names in front of me, but the uh, the main kids. Uh, Lily is Lily's the main woman, the main yeah. girl. She's probably like I don't know, fifteen or sixteen. I think that's the one really, as far as watching somebody. That actress is Mallory Wenecke. I think this is a French movie. If we didn't mention that, who's the boy? Because I think Anderson would really take. The yeah, name. I didn't get his name. He was Ryan, I think. In the was he Ryan or was he? Oh, this feels like an Anderson uh, movie because you like you really like foreign films that have a very indie spirit feel yeah. to them. I think but this Anderson. is this is rough around the edges. I though. I think he might he might be interested in this. And the kid, yeah. you're right, Eric. We should talk about that kid. There's a younger kid, supposed to be like her little brother in the movie, but he's not in reality. And you know, if that makes sense, and he's probably what would you say is about ten or eleven, maybe. Yeah, and also he's so like early on, he's the one that you're worried about them exploiting and them kind yeah. of messing up, and it turns out. He's just along for the ride the whole time. Like he doesn't give a crap about anything, and he, you know, he's just having a fun time with it. And it's the it's the older the sister that's kind of mm -hmm. falling more into the uh, exploitation um, unwittingly. But yeah, the worst ones, the worst yeah. ones. The worst does it ones. does it explore like uh, poverty porn as well? How that's exploited? Is, is, uh, does it go down that a little bit? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Okay, it's kind cool. of built into it, and they get they get called on that a little bit by some of the locals. Although it isn't like the mo the main thrust of the movie, but that definitely is part of it for sure. Okay, yeah, because so I, I think like some of the some of the people in there is like, and that's why it's called the worst ones. It's oh, why'd you get him in the movie? You know, he's he's a little troublemaker. You know, why yeah. why why are you uh, using them to uh, to show off our represent? Town? Yeah, represent our town. So the worst one is out in theaters, actually in one theater on March 24th, and it will have a nationwide rollout in the coming weeks. You can go to the Kino Lorber site 
for release details on the worst ones, we will put it on our cinematics show notes. Ratings for the worst ones. Bruce Perky, you go first. Uh, I'm going to actually go four and a half. I think this is a really good movie. And I would say, I don't know what's going on in France right now, but there's something about housing projects creating great movies lately in France. I don't know what <laughs> it is. Well, there's Athena, yeah, Athena there's right. this, and there was... Um, Paris 13th Ga- District. Oh, I'm sorry. Paris 13th District and Gagarin. We've had like oh. four in the last year and a half. Oh, so. Anderson and- would love Gagarin. You would love that movie. You don't have time to watch Anderson with the four limits, but I, I would tell you, do you agree with me, Bruce? You know, on Gagarin, Anderson? I think one? he would at least like it. I think he would at least like it. He might love it. Yeah. It's you guys covered this last week? We covered no, it was like a, a year, year ago. ago. This is uh, Gagarin. Oh, I think on it's an Anderson. Find your film, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric Holmes. Uh, and you know Anderson very well. Gagarin is that a is that an Anderson Count film? What do you think? I, I always think so, and then it turns out he hates. Or <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. oh, Anderson will hate this. He's like, what are you talking about? I love that one, so mm. I, I abstain. How dare Anderson Cowan not cry during Petite Maman? All right, and Eric, Eric, Eric Holmes. What I'm calling you? Out. You know what? I, I cried throughout. I'm crying even thinking about that movie. But your your rating on the worst ones, Eric Holmes. I'm gonna go with four and a half. But considering I, I, I think I saw this like a month and a half or two months ago, sure. and it's still sticking with me. So like that, this could probably be a five star. But I'll I'll go four and a half for now. It's not Give as, it with room to grow. Okay, room to grow from Eric Holmes again. Uh, Eric is giving it four and a half. Bruce giving it four and a half. I think both of them are going to give five stars to an upcoming movie. We're going to review it in about two shakes. It's called The Tutor. Anderson, you should really excited. You're going to be excited to hear this little mini review of The Tutor. But I know Anderson, you're a documentary documentarian, documentary enthusiast. There's a movie called Refuge, which hits VOD and digital on March 24th. The simple premise is it centers on this military vet named Chris Buckley. He was also a former leader of the KKK, and it's about how he's trying his best to erase his racism. And one of the methods he he uses, or he actually uh, employs throughout this documentary, is to actually befriend a Kurdish refugee. His name's Dr. Heval Kelly, and Refuge centers on the friendship and the meeting of Dr. Heval Kelly and this military vet and former KKK member Chris Buckley. That is a premise of Refuge. It is from Katie Couric Media on VOD and Digital on March 24th. Again, Anderson, one of these days, once you're making your millions from movies, I will. You need to write Refuge. You not need the to aim, write, Greg. Ga, ga, it's not the millions of dollars. I, that's my aim. What, what, I'm right. not making movies that will ever make millions of dollars. I, I don't see Refuge needs a, a PR team. Uh, there's not even a poster for Refuge, Greg. I know, right? And there's only been six ratings on IMDb. I mean, I think you are the only person in, in the country talking about Refuge. I, I, I'm giving that movie four stars. I know. <laughs> so I don't want to give it four stars. And it comes out actually being serious. I, I'm giving Refuge four stars. And I'm also going to give the worst ones four stars, even though I haven't seen it. Eric, you can put me down for that. Right. Uh, fi- the final review for this week, I was joking about that, but I know I wasn't about the worst ones. Final movie review, we're, we're going to cover Anderson. There's a movie more than Gagarin that Anderson Cowan will love. It's a movie starring Garrett Hedlund. We love Garrett Hedlund. There's Victoria Justice. Garrett Hedlund is, a, he's the aforementioned, the tutor. What do you want from me? I gave you a chance. I got an email this morning, summer gig. They're offering you 2500 a day. Details are sparse, but it's definitely VIP. You must be Sir Jackson. You must be Ethan. Let's try a practice test. We'll see how you do. So, we are having a boy. I love you. I love you too. What's your dad do? I'm not allowed to say. What about your mom? 
How's work? I don't know. The kids give me sort of a strange vibe. They're just kids, Ethan. They can't help if they come for money, even if they're a little bit messed up. What about the baby? Is it planned? How do you know about the baby? He's obsessed with me in a total stalker sort of way. Jackson, hi. I'm Annie. Ethan. Ethan's told me a lot about you. You must be a really special person. This needs to stop right now. You've been accused of assaulting Jackson. He's scared of you. There are some pretty substantial bruises on his leg. Jackson gave himself those bruises. I need this job. I have a baby on the way. I'm gonna have to let you go. How was your evening, Ethan? Lost everything thanks to you. Will you stay away from my family? Or I'll hurt you. And the tutor, he gets a great job, cush job to tutor. This young kid, this teenager, played by Stranger, Stranger Things, is Noah Schnapp, Noah Schnapp or Schnapp or whatever his name is, Noah something. And he, this Noah kid, he has a rich family, and he's there. The tutor, played by Garrett Hedlund, his job is to tutor this kid for about a week at this really rich area. Unfortunately, the kid is not what he seems to be, and it becomes this sort of the hand that rocks the cradle, stalker, thriller, trope movie. Do you like these kind of movies, Anderson? Like the tutor, no. suspense, no, what, what? No. Fatal Traction, no. cooking the rabbit and the thing like that. Brian DePaul movie, movie split screens. We talked about the boss. Okay. I, I, I love I, movies yeah. that lack any kind of levity or like fun characters or, or that have some pizzazz. Uh, don't interest me, Greg. Okay. Well, the, sorry, the buddy. The tutor sorry. is potentially a 6.9 star banger for, for oh. me. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. Let's start with Eric Holmes. Am I joking about the tutor or do you love the tutor, Eric Holmes? What do you think? Well, let's see. Googling frustrating adjective <laughs> causing annoyance or upset because of an inability to change or achieve something. Oh, God. I did not like this movie. Um, This was. Greg is like technically he's literally dumbfounded right now. Incredible. Uh, yeah. Classic. Eric. I, it, it was well shot. No. Uh, it was a decent thriller, but the, the main character. It's just, it's just one bad decision after another bad decision. And I'm guessing that when you find out what's going on, it all kind of makes sense. Yes. But I think the biggest problem with this movie is that it's, it's setting itself up for like a, a, the ending Mm -hmm. and it should just give you all the information and then watch how the characters play out. You know, so sometimes you want to save something. You know, you want a, a cool ending. Other times, if you're doing a character piece, which this seemed like it was trying to be, you need to give the audience uh, perfect information. And we know what's going on. So when we see the characters act in a certain way, it makes sense. As it is now, you know, having not seen the ending first and then going back and watching the movie, I'm just watching the main character going, what the hell is wrong with you, dude? Like every time you open your mouth, you say the wrong thing. Every time you do something, it's the wrong thing. And it, I, I was just pulling my hair out the entire time, and I, I could not wait for this movie to end. And then when it does get to the ending, I was like, that was it? All right. Well, cool, I guess. 
How dare you, Eric Holmes? Bruce Perky. I, I Maybe I really related to Ethan's character played by Garrett Hedlund. Do you agree with Eric Holmes that he's not, he didn't like this movie whatsoever? And Come on, <laughs> yeah. Bruce. Save this the day. Is, save this podcast. Give us five stars. Pretty preposterous. Yeah. And it has, <laughs> it has some. Well, here, you. I'll just put this. I don't think, I mean, there are twists, but no one really cares. This, this movie's so dumb. But um, <laughs> there's a moment in this movie where a character is, is unconscious for a reason and wakes up in a lake, like in a lake, submerged, that wakes a up moment. in a lake. That and I'm just cool. like, what? No, this movie It's suspense. Suspenseful thriller. What do you- <laughs> how, do you, how do you have someone unconscious in a lake and they can wake up and be alive and like, and just in time to see a boat chasing, running away from them? Uh, and that's just one of the... the strawberries dumb- are dangerous. Remember that? <laughs> Not very much, no. Oh, God, the strawberries. <laughs> Anderson, okay. tell about this. Yes, okay, oh, yes, Eric. The strawberry scene was terrible. Don't spoil this it, is, Eric. Are, are we going to do a spoiler on this? No, no, we're not, no, no, we got to... I have so many issues with so, the strawberry. I wish Alfred Hitchcock made movies like The Tudor. How about that? See, the only thing that this could have been saved if it had gone <laughs> full on. So if it had gone full on, like like fully into camp, like if it knew what it was and it really went for it and was just actually having great fun with these tropes and just, you know, cranking them up to 10, I think maybe it could possibly work or just gone into absolute absurdity. Like, um, what is it? The Grass is Greener, whatever that, that show was. What was that movie? Ah, uh, Greener. Oh, I can't Greener remember. Grass? Yeah. Green. Where where that's like playing with the trope so hard and becomes this almost absurd, insane idea Wait, of Are you talking about greener grass with a bracelet? Oh, with the yes, 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 yes. Almost absurd. I mean it's completely yeah. that's what I mean. It, it everything is cranked to a thousand in that. Yeah. You know, the tropes, great. the weirdness, everything. So you can't even take it on a serious level at all. Whereas this one's trying to kind of split the difference. Actually, I don't even think it's trying to split the difference. I think it's Wait, trying to be a serious, twisty thriller. This thing—that's what it looks like in the trailer and everything about it. With the marketing, it looks like greener grass is just a all all it's crazy. Up. Yeah, yeah, a, a, a comedy. I, there was a, a a scene early in the movie where uh, a woman, her, there's two women, and and one has a kid, the other one doesn't. <laughs> yes, and she really, really wanted the kid, but she doesn't have one, so she asks her friend, "Hey, could I have your kid?" And she's like, "Yeah, she sure." Takes it. <laughs> <laughs> and so she had now it's the, her kid right and then later in the movie she uh, has regrets the one that gave up the kids so she's like it can't hurt to ask oh no like may, may i have my kid back and she's like no you can't she's like oh sorry couldn't hurt to ask and she's like yes yes it did hurt a lot for asking for your kid back it hurt me quite a bit and she's just what? crying i mean that's the kind of movie it is it's, it's but, so fun what is it called could be movie? fun but the it's gr- not greener, green. greener grass Greener, greener grass. grass, greener grass. Yeah, oh, I highly I recommend greener grass. Okay, greener too. grass, and whatever Bruce was saying about it should have headed into camp. Bruce, you were absolutely right. The Tudor is a movie that I wanted to love with all my heart. Oh, you're joking, Greg? Right? You got me. The, the movie direct? No, I didn't get you. The, the director Jordan Ross. Uh, he did a movie uh, several years ago called I think it's called Thumper, which I enjoyed. I don't know if Jordan Ross grew up on Brian De Palma, Alfred Hitchcock movie, Suspense. I'm not saying he's he's a bad director. I just feel like Bruce said he was making, trying to make a real drama with a tutor where this movie should have gone really crazy and offbeat and awesome. And I was ready for that ride. Ultimately, I I love the twist, unlike Eric did. I, I loved a lot of th- these crazy things about the movie. I just wish it got crazier and was not as serious as it intended itself to be. The tutor for me... I, I still recommend this movie. I'm giving it three stars, which I know Anderson's going Anderson's, Anderson's to say, which means zero stars. That, why? I, I, I enjoyed one, it. My, one my mom, one, <laughs> right, right, Anderson, one star. Three stars for the tutor for me. It's Here's the thing. It's only in theaters on Friday. 
why is this only this should be an on digital and on demand release i enjoy parts of it but again they should have gone full crazy director jordan watch should have gone full crazy with this movie eric holmes i i don't even know what i don't even want to ask your rating because this is going to be a very bad rating from you what is it eric well for first of all i, I kind of want to push back on that the direction's bad in this i think maybe more the writing unless the screenplay was brilliant and the director changed a bunch of stuff which <laughs> happens not having yeah. read the script i couldn't tell you one way or another but yeah, the, oh geez, so many, so many times that characters <laughs> get caught in a thing, and it's like, why are you doing that? And all they have to do is like show them a text or show oh, them. Oh, I hate that kind of thing. I evidence, hate that kind of thing. Or, uh, or hey, honey, why are you doing the thing? Oh, I'm about to tell you. I don't want to hear it. And then they turn around and storm <laughs> off. It's like, oh, geez, please, please stop writing those scenes. But this is like the the movie all the way through. Um, Sweet. I, I think it looks good. It's got certain certain kind of thriller elements that that weren't bad, but just the whole concept of this entire movie I couldn't get behind. I'd have to go like, if I'm being generous, I'll go two stars. Two stars. Eric is always generous. Okay, Greg, so you you really did get me. I thought you absolutely loved this movie. No, I I did love parts of it. I, three stars. I I I just wish I don't know, Bruce. Oh, if you agree with me, like if it was a like an Adrian Lyon kind of film, even. Like some kind of Brian De Palma, some kind of suspense director, thriller guy. I don't know. I just, I really wanted to love this movie. I just ended up kind of liking it. Bruce Perky, uh, what is it? Five star? Five and a half? Four and a half? Four and a half? One and a half. One, one, one and a half for the tutor from Bruce Perky. Before we, well, that's a lot. That's a, probably that's one of Bruce's. The correct star rating, I think. The, oh, the correct star rating, Eric Holmes. <laughs> I Anderson, converted from Greg to Fahrenheit. I think a- Anderson, for your birthday. I forget when your birthday is, Anderson. When is that coming up? You want me to get you a Blu-ray of of uh, the tutor? I'm you, good. I'm good. Speaking of good, a good person also comes out this week with uh, my my girl Florence Pugh. Uh, she's alongside Morgan Freeman. This is uh, written and directed by Zach Braff, which means I will not be watching it. Uh, Molly Shannon is also in that. And then uh, there's a five and a half hour uh, John Wick that's coming out. I can't I can't tell if it's a full trilogy that's uh, all stitched together to make it this length or if it's a new chapter. It's, they're calling it chapter four, uh, but it is two hours and 40 minutes or something insane. No so way. Are you the one that I, I will be you, missing? What? You, you guys are uncovering it next week on TFE? Two Maybe? hours, 40, 49 minutes. No, I've, I've made a, a proclamation that I will watch two good uh, smaller indie films uh, rather than a, a, a two and one. It's like a double feature, two hours and 49 minutes. You can get the fuck out of here. Oh, right. Two hours and 49 minutes. There's no, no need for a John Wick movie to be two hours and 49 minutes. Is there, is there a reason, unless, guys? Unless two of the hours uh, feature Scott Atkins, then totally. I, I know you're excited about that, Scott Atkins. <laughs> <laughs> we love, uh, yeah, yeah. Billy Skarsgård's in here too. So that's, yeah. that's cool. Okay, but, very, very uh, that's the 45 minutes. First two hours, Scott Atkins. Last 45 minutes is uh, Bill Skarsgård. With little Kiana sprinkled in there. That's fine, I suppose. Before we go, we, before we wrap up, Bruce, you have a quick recommendation as far as what people want to see if they're not watching movies. What do you got for us? I have Swarm, which I gave a try to. And I have not seen Atlanta yet. It is high on my list, but we don't have Hulu right now, so I can't watch it without getting another way. Um, I want to watch out with my wife. I heard uh, Anderson going on about it, and I think it's time to catch up with that. But Oh, Anderson loves good. Atlanta. Full, dis- full disclosure, my wife did not like it. She tapped out with two episodes left. Um, she's oh, just like, honey, I've stopped, stopped <laughs> putting this on when I'm in the room. Oh, yeah, there's two left. And she's like, I'm like, how do you tap out? She's like, I've I've watched the last like eight episodes just begrudgingly because you keep putting it on without even asking me. And I'm in the room. So I... 
but she did not like it. It was too artsy for her. It was too random for her, but I absolutely loved, uh, loved Atlanta. Uh, it's uncompromising is the best adjective for Atlanta. You can tell that no one was yes. giving them notes. No one. And if they were getting notes, they were not listening to those notes. Cause this movie, uh, this, this show does what it wants. Well, I'm guessing that this is along the same lines with swarm. It is once again, it's a production of Donald Glover and Janine neighbors. I believe Janine is also part of Atlanta. I think a lot of the people in this are part of Atlanta. I can't personally speak to that because I haven't caught up with it yet. But uh, this, the good thing about this is, not that your uh, wife will want to watch this, but the good thing about this is it can be a standalone seven-part miniseries. I don't know if they're going to make a season two, but they don't need to make a season two based on what I saw. It doesn't have to continue. Uh, and the episodes are like 30-ish minutes per You know episode. what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to put it on and not tell her that it's related at all. Wait, is he in this though? Donald Glover? Yeah. He has a very tiny role in it. Okay. A very tiny role. He's not the main character even at all. Yeah. He, she wouldn't even know. You could probably watch this and she might not even notice he was in it. That he's a very, very small spot. No, she'll notice. She just dislikes that Donald Glover. I'm not sure why, it's, but she dislikes him. It's like a cameo on a TV show that's part of an episode. So okay. I don't, So it's not much. Anyway, basic concept of this is uh, you've got Dre played by Dominique Fishback, which is the heart and soul of this series. If you don't know Dominique, you might've seen her in a few things, but I remember her from Judas and the Black Messiah. And she was the the, the wife of, and I can't remember his name now, but the, the character that was basically the main focus of that movie. And she was really, really good in that movie as well. She's amazing in this. So basic concept is she and her sister are huge fans of Jaina, or Nija, I got it reversed. Nija, who is essentially a stand-in for Beyonce. And if you know anything about Beyonce... I guess supposedly they have some rabid fans called the Beehive. Kind of don't need to know that, but it's kind of the setting of it. Anyway, in the first episode, uh, you don't Dre, you don't want to piss off the Beehive, by the way. Apparently not. Yeah. Uh, but this is more akin to something like a uh, Taxi Driver or uh, Dexter or maybe those kind of things where you have super crazy or, or misery, where you have super crazed fans, and essentially she is. A hardcore fan, something happens, a tragedy happens in her life, sets her off. And basically, if anyone online or any social media kind of disses uh, Nija or her family or anybody else like that, they just might get themselves beaten to death by yeah. her. Is it now, graphic, the show? Is it graphic? It is, but I think that is kind of the that's that's the hook, right? That's what's getting people in the door. But the real meat and potatoes of this movie is show. Or show. It feels like a movie. It's like three and a half hours total, I think, something like that, is that every episode essentially is her in a different time and place. She's reset her her pers- her character. People don't know who she is in that setting. It's like say one, one episode is entirely in this strip joint with these other strippers doing this thing. They don't know who she is. She has a different name. And adventures ensue, and eventually death happens. Another one, there's like a cult, like this kind of... um. A self-help women's cult. Another one, something else is happening. She has a trajectory, like an ongoing trajectory, but each episode also has a little bit of a standalone quality to it. And her character is a little different in each one because she's setting herself up different in each one. And there is a ton of comedy in this. This is my selling point to you, Anderson. There is some really cool, weird, dark, like you said, artsy, but also just odd comedy mixed in this as well. The stripper one is amazingly hilarious i think too but once again it gets really really dark uh you have also 
some real meta like guest stars in here, but just kind of thrown in. So you have Paris Jackson as a stripper in one episode. <laughs> she's just there. But obviously she's somebody who could have crazed fans. You have Billie Eilish in an episode. She has crazed fans, but she just plays a character in here. This is a really, really cool and interesting series. I think people might like. It's on Amazon Prime. Go check it we out. All, we also have Eric Holmes to drag Eric Holmes into this mix. We have Rory Culkin in one episode. Ty. Eric, yeah. And we, you know, we Ig- all know Igby that. goes down. Igby, but what, Eric Holmes, you what is your Rory Culkin masterpiece movie? What oh, is wait. It? That's Kieran Culkin. Sorry. No, no, no worries. I don't, I don't know. I wasn't prepared for Rory Culkin uh, trivia, but. <laughs> Uh, maybe I, maybe I'm, I I could be wrong. I was gonna no no wait, no no. It was the other Culkin, wasn't that? My heart can't beat unless you tell Kieran? it to. What is that? Yeah, that was Kieran, wasn't it? Who is who isn't that? My heart oh, can't he, beat. Uh, he, oh, that was Patrick Fugit. Patrick oh, Fugit. Oh, okay. yeah. oh, my fault. Not a no, good no. day for Greg. I thought there was that was not. No, I'm gonna look it up right now. But Swarm, would you give this a five out of five? It could go there. I think there's some real rewatchability here. Right now, it's four and a half for me. But I think that there, this is something I could watch again, or you could watch the episode again and, and really enjoy it because there's so much weird comedy and details in there to, to enjoy. I think this is going to have um, a real, real big cult following if it already isn't. It's pretty buzzy, I think, already. Not to be stupid. Yeah, I'm not able to trick the wife with this. She's going to know. Even if she hasn't read about it, which I'm sure she has, um, she'll recognize, I'm sure, immediately because it sounds like it's very similar to Atlanta. Just get up and watch it where you breakfast and then turn it off. <laughs> watch an episode every morning. <laughs> You'll be fine. Okay, so hi guys, go- I gotta, I gotta go. Someone just pulled up, I think, and I gotta. All right, Anderson, we're about to head out anyway. Wife. Thanks, Anderson. Thank you, Anderson. Hi. See you, buddy. Yeah, sure. I'll be right there. Okay, <laughs> bye, guys. Bye, bye, man. Bye, buddy. Okay, so thanks the, for having the, me, guys. No worries. Thanks for having us. I, he, the the move, the actor I was thinking of, Owen Campbell. Why am I, why am I thinking Owen Campbell for some some reason? For oh yeah, he was Campbell. also in Candyland earlier uh, this year. Oh, oh, that's it, right? Rory Culkin, right? Or Owen Campbell. <laughs> Owen Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> Owen Campbell was in that as well. Owen Campbell, I, I love Owen Campbell. I guess so. Anyway, Swarm highly recommended from Bruce yep. Perky. Before we go, uh, anything else we gotta mention? We, oh yes, the Naked Kiss, Samuel Fuller. We, we push it back a week. We're gonna be covering the Naked Kiss, Samuel Fuller, Bruce Perky. We'll have some gems of criticism on Samuel Fuller. I might might have my couple cents on it. Eric, have you seen the Naked Kiss yet? Have you checked it I out? I have. Yeah. Okay. Spoiler alert. Give me give a little teaser for next week on your your uh, initial Rorschach reactions to the Naked Kiss. Uh, Sam Worthy. Uh, with, without getting fully into it, this one's a little rougher around the edges than his movies are. At least the version I saw. But I mean, Samuel Fuller, it's pretty good. Okay. This is just another one. <laughs> it's pretty good. At the this very is least, what the tutor wanted to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, you're you're not wrong. <laughs> Good. Anything? Okay. Final thoughts from Eric Holmes. Anything you want to say? Uh, let's see. We got the we got the interviews with the worst one filmmakers coming out. Yes. Uh, all, all of your challenging Sukoka, questions that you. Roman yeah. Gore. Yes. I I am um, uploading them on the YouTube and the podcast. I am cutting all of your incisive questions that, that to them. I'm cutting it out from the interview. You're, they're sweet. only going to see that the the it. vanilla Eric Holmes interview, not the real report yeah. reportage. What do you think of that? Are you okay? That, that'll make it very boring for everyone to watch and listen to, <laughs> which is perfect. That's exactly what we're going for. No, um, there's a very good ennui and boredom. Here we go. Ennui. You're getting too French on us, Eric. Holmes. What's going on with that? <laughs> oh, sorry. And also, I believe we're covering, uh, oh, uh, Smoking Causes Coughing, the Quantum de Pew joint. And I believe we're covering Tetris next week as well. 
Okay. So the, yeah, we. I mean, not the not to show in my hand, but uh, we got some bangers uh, next week. We got so some bangers next week. Looking forward to that. Yeah, definitely. And check out Eric Holmes' interviews on our, our sister brother show, Find Your Film. You're going to have that uploaded very shortly regarding Quentin or Quentin or Quentin de Pew. Next week and this week, we will have the filmmakers from the aforementioned, the, I was going to say the lost ones, the worst ones, this week on Find Your Film podcast. As per usual, final thoughts from Bruce Bergie. I'm just going to say the box still exists. It has been pushed to next week. So the 20th century, suggested by Kate from Walk the, Fil- Walk the Cinema uh, is going to be next week instead of this week. So if you haven't had a chance to check it out, go look it up. Go look it up. Okay. Thank you. Love you guys. We'll see you next week here on Cinematics.